Welcome to The Trauma Room, a podcast that triggers. We will discuss all things traumatic here, mental health disorders, movies, TV shows, love, life, etc. Will the topics trigger some? Of course they will, but to get past the trauma, you will have to get to the room. Thanks for listening. What's up guys? So today's topic is still on the NARC series and it is all about love bombing. Do y'all remember this song that like the lyrics go, you dropped a bomb on me, baby. Well, that's what like love bombing really is. So let's dive in. So love bombing is an attempt to influence a person by demonstrating attention or affection and or affection it happens when someone overwhelms the victim with loving words physical actions manipulative behavior and it can be used in different ways positively or negatively so here's 13 signs of love bombing they make grand romantic gestures and give extravagant gifts they always compliment you they promote excessive communication they request constant attention they demand commitment. They resist your boundaries. They make soulmate claims. They say, I love you very quickly. They are good at saying what you want to hear. They feel too good to be true. They make you feel like you're being saved. They make immediate promises about the future and they put you on a pedestal. So when I tell you I was loved bombed the heck out. It is the truth. This is just 13 signs and all 13 of these I have had happen. Not realizing it was love bombing at all. So for personal experiences, they make a grand romantic gesture, give gifts. First start dating this guy. A first date was extravagant. First date was super extravagant because we were in high school. So the date was just ridiculous for a high school date. Let's just say it was not at like Wendy's or IHOP. It was at like a real restaurant. And I definitely was not dressed for the occasion because I thought we were just going to a regular place. This person, (laughs) this first date already is a grand gesture. Like what happened? They always compliment you. Yes, I always got compliments, which coming from a high schooler and the place I was at in life where my grandparents, which were the people I considered my mom and dad, had just died. Like compliments, yeah, it was nice having compliments. But then also looking back, there was nothing I really should have been complimented for because honestly, my hair was trash. My face was probably trash. My outfits were probably horrible as well. So being complimented on like this stuff, looking back, it's like, what were you complimenting? Because nothing was like, okay, I may be a cute person, but other than that, I was toe up. (laughs) I'm just being real. They promote excessive communication. Oh my gosh. Six out, three to six hours on the phone every night, every night. Three to six hours. And this was before, finna tell my age here, this was before 
you could talk all night on your cell phone. This was, hey, call me back after 7 or call me back after 9. Do you know how long I had to stay up to talk to this person? I had to stay up until 9. Then I had to talk 3 to 4 hours. And I don't even know what I had, what we even talked about. It's crazy. Constant attention. Yes. Constant attention. I couldn't have any other friends. I definitely couldn't have any friends that were guys. I remember one time mentioning, oh, I talked to my friend that had a, let's just say the guy's name was Alex. So I would tell him like, yeah, I just got off the phone with Alex. And once they were like, what do you mean you got off the phone with Alex? And I said like he, and they were like, what do you mean he? I was like, yeah, Alex is he. And I was like, oh, I thought Alex was short for Alexandra. No, like, why would you be talking to any other guy? That also goes along with the resist boundaries. Did I have any boundaries? No, I couldn't. Everything had to be known. And this one, this one is, oh, they make soulmate claims. Perfect example. Oh, we were born in the stars together. We were born this and this day. You're my other half. You're my everything. <laughs> Which goes to the one that was saying they put you on a pedestal. They literally said you're on a pedestal higher than everyone else. No one else compares to you. Which that all sounds great to our like minds. But in reality, that's that's all lies. Like it's not real. They say I love you quickly. Yep, that's true. They are good at saying what you want to hear. I mean, if you're going through a depressive state and this guy or girl sees that and they're like, oh, I can talk to you. Of course, someone building you up or talking about you're gorgeous, you're beautiful, you're an African queen. Like, yeah, that will get you hyped. I mean, especially in my situation where I was in high school, just going through the deaths of my grandparents but in reality, it's like, no, this is not good. They feel too good to be true. Yes. They make you feel like you're being saved. All of this is accurate. It's just crazy. And they make immediate promises about the future. Like, oh, we're going to go to this school. We're going to do this. We're going to have a house. We're going to do this. All of this is just love bombing one-on-one. And it's so hard to see when you're in it because it's just, let's be honest. It's nice when people compliment you. It's nice when people be like, you're beautiful or I like your hair. But it's, it's sometimes it's not honest. Like I was saying, my hair was not beautiful at that time. My face was not beautiful at that time. And like I said, going through a depressive state I was looking rough and instead of saying like, hey, you may need some help here or hey, like, I think you're a nice girl. I see you're going through stuff. Let me be there for you. It's like, nope, this is the perfect time I can become this child savior <laughs> and just be like, ah, save the day. It's out of control. It's just ridiculous. And... It's so dangerous because it creates an intense emotional bond that just blinds us so we can't even see what's going on. And then people aren't aware of this and 
you're not aware of it, so you don't know. And then the other person may not even realize they're doing it. But once they realize it, then they could take advantage of it. Because they're going to be like, who else is going to tell you you're beautiful? Who else is going to tell you these things? And you're like, you know what? I don't know who else will love me like this. I don't I don't know who else will love me the way they love me. It's just, it's just, it's manipulation, really. It's manipulation. And yes, I may be saying that with lisp. That's just the way I talk. <laughs> How long does a love bombing stage last? It can last various times. It may be described as like a infatuation stage, but it feels like a drug. And like science has proven like, okay, we all get into relationships and there is a such thing as the infatuation stage. But with love bombing, say the infatuation stage, just for example, is like maybe three, three months. But with love bombing, that's like six months to a year to whenever. So it, it like lasts longer than it should. Like infatuation stage is like, oh, we like each other. We might say cute things, but then stuff gets real <laughs> and it becomes the honeymoon phase. After that, like I still love this person, but they get on my nerves. Love bombing is like, oh, adulting. They never get on my nerves. I always love them. They're like the best ever. And it just never ends. And it's it's crazy because you believe it. You just believe, like, this is how relationships supposed to be. And definitely with them, they are looking like you're the perfect partner. Like, they just will keep doing it. And that just causes even more trauma, like, if, even in the end of the relationship. Because once you get out of, like, the narc relationship and, like, you've had so much love bombing, for me, you go around being like, well, the next person I, I meet or date, they should they should be this doting. They should be this obsessed with me. And it's like, if you think about it, like, you, you don't want someone to be obsessed with you like that because that's that's not realistic. It's not realistic to someone constantly telling you, like, you're beautiful, you're amazing, and you haven't done anything, like, you haven't done anything to, it's not like you won a Nobel Peace Prize, or even you have, like, the best makeup, or, like, a really beautiful person. It's just coming from nowhere. But this stage, like I was saying, science has proven it is like a chemical stage. It gives chemical reactions the same reaction as like a drug like cocaine or heroin would actually do. It's actually like a drug. And so once you get a hit of love bombing, it's hard to be like, what's going on? And then even for the victim, it's like you want them to keep doing it. So you're like, I just have to continue to be here so I can continue to get like love bombed. But it's it's just crazy because you can't keep that up because that's not what real relationships are. Real relationships are when you all have issues and you talk about them or you see problems and you fix them, not just keep like saying, oh, well, I see a problem. And instead of answering it, avoiding it by like saying, oh, you're the best person ever and you forget about the problem, 
I think a lot of people just remember that stage. And then it's so easy to like romanticize like the love bombing stage after you've gotten out of the relationship. Because no one wants to obviously remember like the bad horrifying times. But it's easy to remember when someone was calling you like their world and their one and only and all this other stuff. And you believe them. You know, deep down inside, you believe them. You believe, like, they were, you know, telling the truth, which they weren't. It was all for gratification. It was gratification because it's all an illusion and deception. If you think about it, how can someone first meet you and they say you're their soulmate? Or how can someone first meet you and be, like, always complimenting you? Like, you don't know anything about me to compliment. So, how is this true or accurate? And they just put you on a pedestal. It's just like, you start to believe it. Like, in my other episodes, talking about kind of briefly, like, indoctoring people. And it's like that. Like, someone constantly tells you you're beautiful. Someone constantly tells you, like, they're obsessed with you. Someone constantly tells you these things. You're like... Oh my gosh, this person really loves me. No one has told me these things before. And it's not that other people haven't told you these things before because they didn't love you. They just didn't tell you because that's not how you talk to people. You don't like glorify people up or hype them up so much where you just think that stuff. Because like I'm saying, I was like a hot mess. Like I, like how are you saying I'm beautiful and I have on like, hobo chic clothes like which obviously I should have been like you know obviously he's lying because look at me that's like telling Cinderella when she's like dressed in like her washing the tub clothes like you're the most beautiful person ever like really like you may be attractive looking still, but you definitely not the most beautiful person with these washing the tub and cleaning my stepsister stuff out. So it's just lies. It's lies to get you to fall in love with them so you can think that they are your world. And that's what they want. They want you to think that they are their world. They are your world. They are your everything, and it is crazy when you take out the love bombing. Like, when you realize you're being love bombed, and then you're like, I'm not going to do this anymore. So once you reject their love bombing, here comes the campaign against you. Here comes the, well, you ain't never been ish anyway. Here comes the, well, I'm the victim. Because now, if, if you're rejecting their love bombing, now you're the villain. Now you're the villain. Where now, you're you're the villain. You're the villain. You're the villain and they will start to punish you or victimize you where you just feel like trash. And it'll be a smear campaign. And love bombing also creates codependency. Because then you start to be like, I I can't do anything without this person. 
I can't do anything without them. And it's like, you start to think like they are my world. They are my everything. When in actuality, they're not. They're not. They're just a person. They're just a person. Part of like the whole narc thing is also gaslighting. Which gaslighting is a form of abuse, psychological abuse, where a person makes someone question their sanity, perception, reality, or even memories. People that have experienced gaslighting often feel confused and unable to trust themselves. Gaslighting is insanity. (laughs) Gaslighting is where you you don't even know like what's up or down. Gaslighting is like after love bombing where most of the time love bombing is over and you may have realized it's love bombing or that part is finally over and now they're trying to confuse you. So they'll be like, well, you know, I was just saying that because you're not attractive. I was just saying that because I love and care for you. And it's like, well, which one is it then? Which one is it? I don't understand. But some examples of gaslighting is downplaying or hiding things that they have done wrong, discrediting your opinion to make it seem like you're mentally unstable and diverting attention from important things. One example I've used before is when like you tell someone they're emotionally abusive and they say, well, why are you with me? <laughs> it's like, well... I can't explain that, so I'm confused. And another example of gaslighting is where you may say one thing and they twist it into something else totally. You may say, hey, I just want some understanding out of this situation. And they may say, I don't understand why you're harassing me. It's like, no. I just want some answers. And it's like, well, I've already given you the answers that you need, but they haven't given you anything. So gaslighting is just forcing them to question their thoughts and memories. Even like when you go back and look at stuff and or even try to talk to them about stuff. Example I have is like, Oh, okay. Remember when we had this issue and broke up? And they'd be like, no, it was really because of this. And it's like, no, it's that's not what happened. That's not the way it is. So they always try to make it seem like you don't know what's going on. They come across as people that just... They apologize without apologizing is what I'm trying to say. So you could tell them like, you did this. And they'd be like, okay, sorry. But then if you ask them what they're sorry for, they're like, I don't know. I just said I was sorry because you wanted me to say you sorry. And then dealing with them, you might apologize without knowing what you did wrong. Like you always say you sorry. They give you affection, then they take it away. When you try to explain how you feel... They're very dismissive or you're you're oversensitive or you think with your feelings too much. And they insist it didn't happen that way. Well, I don't know 
I think you're misinterpreting this. This happened this way. Or you find yourself questioning your beliefs and opinions if your point of view doesn't match theirs. It's wrong. And that goes back to spiritual abuse where you find yourself questioning your beliefs in God and your opinions because they're different from them. And then you're like, oh, it must be wrong. You edit every word before you speak, changing it from any thought that could be like confusing to them. So instead of even just trying to talk, you're just like, I don't, I don't know what to say because everything I say gets confusing. Most interactions with them makes you feel small or ashamed and they assign motives to your actions that are opposite of your attentions. There is an imbalance of power. So if you were to give them a gift, they would be like, why are you giving this to me? Like if you were to give them some lotion because it was their birthday, they would interpret that. Why are you giving this to me? Are you saying I need lotion? Because that would be rude and you're always rude to me. And it's like, no, I just gave you some lotion. Like I'm just trying to, you know, give you some lotion. But they blatantly lie or have constant cover-ups. They deny conversations ever happen. They manipulate others to see you differently. Your self-esteem slowly erodes and you question what is real. You start to think you are a bad person or crazy. Feeling like you have to defy, defend your reality. Their actions contradict their words and their broken promises. Their actions don't match their words. They distract from their behavior by projecting onto you. Degrading comments followed by positive reinforcements. They attempt to block or or are unsupportive of your growth. They lie, lie or deny things even when there's truth. And they tell you you're wrong or crazy or imaginating things. So the part where it talks about like distracting from their behavior by projecting onto you, that is definitely real. Like I've had instances where I would explain like you're harming me or you're affecting me in this way and they would totally just project onto me. Like a perfect example is one time I was just trying to have an interaction with this person to get a resolution so I could understand what was really going on in the situation. And I asked them to meet me at 2 p.m. so we could talk about the issue in person. And so they came back and said, I don't want to have dinner with you. Now, in what I just said, listeners... I didn't say dinner anywhere. I said 2 p.m. That's 2, a P and an M. Most people consider 2 p.m. afternoon, not dinner. So it's like, I don't want to have dinner with you. And they also came back and was like, well, I can't meet with you because you're trying to vilify me or lose my integrity. And I'm a, wom a woman or man of God. And that goes to spiritual abuse again. It's just like, that's not what just happened. Like even in that frame right there, that's not what just happened. So the narcs, when it comes to like love bombing and gaslighting, those are definitely big two red flags of like you're dealing with a narcissistic person. Degrading comments followed by positive reinforcements. One time I told this person that's a narc happy birthday. 
And they came back with like a paragraph saying how I had did them wrong the year ago when no one had talked to them about that. Only thing I said was happy birthday. And so, but then after that, they came back again and said, thanks for the happy birthday. This has been really great. I appreciate it. So how can you say, oh, you came to me correctly. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. And then in the next breath, thanks for the, I appreciate this. It's really good. I really needed that. And they attempt to block your growth. Anytime I remember to this day, like anytime like I was growing or had friends or had ideas or did anything creatively or artistically, they would look at it and be like, no, you should change this. You should change this or you shouldn't do it, do it that way. But when I went to my class and showed my artwork to my class, oh, this is great. Oh, this is really good. Or they would critique it if needed, but they would critique it in a way where it's not like, uh, this is not good. Or even like one instance, well, this is just horrible. You're better than this. And the pictures or whatever I was doing weren't, weren't bad. <laughs> like they were some of my best pictures. So they do all of this to try to control you. Just look for the signs. Like, see the signs of the foolishness and just draw back. And, like, one perfect example is, like, if you are in a narc relationship and you're still in a love bombing stage and you realize it, just see what happens when you start rejecting love bombs. Just, just see what happens when you stop, like, taking it. See what happens and then you'll be like, oh, my gosh, this was ridiculous. This was ridiculous and I let it, you know, it happen. When I was talking about they block or unsupport your growth, that's like dream killing. They don't want to see you have their own, your own dreams because if you have your own dreams, then those dreams might not involve them. Or in their eyes, your dreams might be better than theirs and that, that can't be possible. They don't want that. And they also, even after the fact, like even... After you're done with like a narc or you like don't talk to them, they will still say stuff that's just ridiculous. One of them in my life said that they saw the fruits of their labor after we hadn't talked in a while. They really said that. They said they saw the fruits of their labor. Like that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's ridiculous because it's like, I haven't talked to this person in like forever and my growth in that time is, is still due because of them. Like who does that? Or they wanted to send me off good. They wanted to give me away in a good light, which if I haven't talked to you in forever, how are you giving me to somebody else? First of all, I'm not property. And then you're not giving me to anybody because you don't own me and because you're not even my friend. So it's, it's just crazy. So look for the signs of love bombing and gaslighting. They will always be there in a narcissist. And you will always see them. Because they can't hide it forever. And that's the thing like with narcs. Like, they can't hide it. It's going to come out at some point. And when it does, it's going to be ridiculous. Once again... Thanks for listening to The Trauma Room, a podcast that triggers. 
next patient will be seen shortly.